In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, please be seated. For the observation of All Saints' Day, we think of the glorious company of the apostles, the noble army of martyrs, the goodly fellowship of the prophets, and the Holy Church throughout all the world. We also think of the Christians in our families who, as the Anglican Church says in their beloved Christmas lessons and carol service, are on another shore and in a greater light. But do we think of ourselves when we hear our Lord Jesus begin the Sermon on the Mount with the Beatitudes? Do we see ourselves as one of the blessed? We see ourselves as blessed in the way of material possessions. Even if we have less than others, at least we have the basics. Food, clothing, house, home, land, animals, and all we need to support this body and this life. We see ourselves blessed with the good company of friends and family who love us and care for us. We see ourselves blessed with a congregation that holds steadfast to God's word, that proclaims our sins forgiven and new life in Jesus Christ given in his resurrection. Yes, in these many ways, we are blessed. But are we blessed in the way Jesus says that we're blessed? It doesn't sound blessed to be poor in spirit, to mourn, to be meek, to hunger and thirst for righteousness, to be merciful, to be pure in heart, to be a peacemaker, and even more so, to be persecuted for righteousness' sake, let alone be reviled on Christ's account. All these things sound like a curse, like it's a mission impossible. Seeing the Beatitudes as a catalog of Christian virtues in terms of endeavors might bring you to that conclusion, though. You may have heard this catalog be called at some time or another the Be Happy Attitudes. God created us to be happy in him. We have joy in his presence, being his child. And yet there are seasons when we do not feel happy let alone blessed, especially when we see this list as a requirement of Christian living. Jesus' words of good news are then turned into a to-do list that no Christian under God's grace could ever accomplish. Go ahead. Try telling yourself, another Christian, be happy and watch what happens you'll probably get, at best, a scowl, maybe a growl, or at worst, a knuckle sandwich right in your mouth. Jesus' words to us in Matthew chapter 5 are a proclamation of the promise of God's kingdom given to a gathering of people who live in affliction and have a hard time believing they are children of God's kingdom. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? The promise that Jesus gives in this passage is yours right now. You are blessed. God is happy with you. And you are happy in him even if you don't feel that happiness or that blessing that he gives you. This is not about emotions. This is about a state of being in our heavenly father's kingdom. 
It's hard for you and me, though, to believe we are blessed because we live in affliction. If there was no sin, then there would be no affliction. Yet here we are, living as sinners, dealing with sin and trying to believe, as the hymn says, that Jesus sinners doth receive. So did our ancestors. Your parents dealt with being sinners, yet also at the same time, they had to deal with being saints, holy people, loved by God. And yet they said and did things that you promised yourself once upon a time that you would never say or do. You find out, though, that even though you made that promise to yourself, I'm not going to do like my dad and mom did to me, you find new ways to say and do things that go against God's perfect will. You and they are not alone. So did the saints that went before you. Let me name a few of them for you. The namesake for our congregation, St. Peter, had a tremendous case of open mouth insert foot disease. He also denied Jesus as Lord three times. St. Paul was once the chief persecutor of Christians who stood holding the cloaks of those who stoned St. Stephen. Thomas disbelieved the resurrection of Christ. and The guys had to come and bring him a week later, and Jesus still walked into that empty room and loved Thomas. The mother of James and John had quite the complex. They demanded they sit at Christ's right and left hand side in the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus says, are you sure you can drink the cup that I am about to drink? Oh, yes, Lord, we can do that. Sure, yeah, yeah. Martin Luther had a foul mouth. I mean, the guy used to pass gas in his study and would yell out Satan's name when he did it. That one's for you, Satan. Among other things, he had a saying once about people I can't even tell you from this pulpit. One of these days over a beverage I just might get up the bravery to tell you personally what one of his more favorite sayings was. It's that unfit for a public venue like this. C.F.W. Walther, the first president of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, occasionally waxed hyperbolic. He would write checks with his mouth that his brain could not cash. Fellow Lutheran theologians, especially those in the Wisconsin Synod, who used to walk side by side with Dr. Luther, would have to walk back some of the things that he said in public because, well, Ferdy would just kind of get carried away in theological discussion. I mean, it's the heat of the moment, but if he would have stood by what he said, There's no way they could have cashed that with Holy Scripture. So they would have to pull him aside and say, maybe you'd want to say it this way next time. If you've been a member of this congregation for some time, you probably know very well the foibles of pastors past and present. Sinners, you see, do not always act like saints. 
It can be frustrating at times, especially to those who are outside of the pale of the Christian faith. They look at we Christians hanging on between being sinners and saints and go, when are you people going to get your act together? I thought you all had your act together. Why do I want to be a part of a group of people that do not have their act together? Pass. That's why Jesus says that God's kingdom is precisely for such as Peter and Paul and Thomas and James and John and their mama too, Martin Luther, CFW Walther, you and me. We're all poor in spirit. We have a hard time believing Jesus' blood and righteousness covers our sins. We have a hard time believing Jesus would die for such a wretch like me. We have a hard time believing that Jesus will look at us on judgment day and say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, instead of, I don't know you. For the affliction you bear this side of the grave, and for the hard time believing that you are a child of the Heavenly Father, Jesus gives you good news. You live. Christ's blood shed for your sins is sufficient. You are free. You are loved. You are blessed. You are His Holy One. And the Father opens his arms wide to welcome you into his kingdom. Our Lord speaks to you today in Matthew chapter 5 as a messenger of hope. He gives you this promise on his Father's behalf. I admit that it sure would be nice to see this kingdom of heaven that Jesus is talking about right now. Sang about it in the chief hymn tonight, about the gates of pearl streams. And you can only imagine what heaven is going to look like when we're with him for all eternity. We get a picture of that every time we come into the church and look at that beautiful stained glass window above the altar. And there stands Jesus and you see the river of life and the the rainbow, the mark of God's promise to himself that he'll never again flood the heavens and the earth. Yeah. That's what I would love to see, especially in this filthy here and now. That'll show them unbelievers. But we have it. We may not be able to see it in the way that we want to see it. But we have it. This kingdom, you see, that is ours now, is not well seen. It's hidden. We see little glimpses of it now and then. Every time someone comes up to this font and receives holy baptism, we see the kingdom of heaven at work. Same thing when you kneel down tonight to receive Christ's very body and blood under bread and wine for the forgiveness of your sins. Same thing when you sit here and listen to me proclaim to you Jesus Christ and him crucified. It's there. And when it comes, beloved, it comes quickly. That's why it's hard to believe. And that's why it's so much to be desired in another way. In the way that we'd like to see it. The way of control. Something that we do fight as saints and sinners this side of the grave. Yet when this kingdom comes, it bestows what Jesus says it bestows. You're blessed. Even when you are poor in spirit, mourning, meek, and the like, that's the time. That's the time when you are blessed. 
That's when Jesus hits you with the truth. I love you anyway. Because our Lord Jesus knows what it is like to be what he says in the Beatitudes. Because he became all of these things for you. Behold the man who is poor in spirit. Behold the man who hungers and thirsts for righteousness. Behold the man who mourns. Behold the man who is a peacemaker. Yes, and much more. And all of these things that he talks about in the Beatitudes, that's for you. All for you. So it's a good thing that we take time out every year to ponder those who have gone before us in the faith. They may not have done it before you. My parents were of your generation. And they were the kind of people who did not share their struggles in public. It was done in privacy, usually in the bedroom, in that time when the kids were asleep, quietly, with each other. They struggled. Believe me, they did. They wrestled with the same things that you and I wrestle with. And sometimes we do it in public, and sometimes it shows. They certainly believe the enormity of their sin, otherwise they'd have never been here. They also believe that a Savior rescued them from sin and restored them in a right relationship with their Heavenly Father. And they left you a tremendous gift. They passed on the blessing of believing this one-way love of God the Father is for you. They brought you to church to rest in Jesus We too, unless our Lord quickly returns, will join them on another shore and in a greater light, awaiting the resurrection of the body and the life of the world to come. Yeah, that can be hard to believe at times, especially when you suffer so much. But Christ's promise still holds fast, in spite of ourselves. In spite of sin, beloved, you are a saint. You're blessed. Not because of anything you said or did. Not because of anything that's in you. You're blessed. Because Jesus said so. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.